Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland. We are in Season 2. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I I really loved the kickoff to Season 2. Our last podcast, you spoke about procrastination. And, That's uh, right. Hits near and dear to to my heart. <laughs> That's right. What a be- no better way to start a new season, start a new year than talking about uh, making sure you don't make excuses and don't procrastinate. Yeah, absolutely. And today's sure. podcast, I know you're talking about diversification, and I think that's it's very cliche. We hear it in a lot of movies, and well, you got to be diversified, but right. really, a lot of people just have no idea what that truly means. Absolutely. And that's really why, why we want to dig into it a little bit deeper. You know, I know we talked last time, you know, about the beginning of this new, you know, podcast season. And what we're going to try to do in the season is dig deeper into some of the things we kind of just introduced in season number one. Mm-hmm. And this is really one of those topics that I think deserves to have its own discussion, which is why I wanted to do this today to talk about this on this particular episode, uh, talk about diversification, what it is, what it isn't. Uh, why it's valuable, why it's important for people to have. And, and we really talk about it in the context of the growth bucket. And so for our clients and for our people that work with our firm, we, we use a three-bucket approach to retirement income planning. One is a liquid bucket, another one is an income bucket, and the third is the growth bucket, which is really our long-term investment strategy bucket. It, it's, it's the money that we don't need to produce an income stream now or in the future, it's the bucket of money that we don't need for any short-term expenses in the next, you know, one to three or one to five years. It's really our long-term money. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when we get to the growth bucket is really where diversification comes extremely important and becomes very relevant. One thing I would just say, you know, just even open up the topic of diversification, that is that most people probably like you said, you know, they're familiar with the term, but they really don't understand necessarily what it means or how it works. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, it can even be a, you know, a smokescreen or a mistake. And what I mean by that is most of our life, you're know, in an accumulation phase of investing, which you, you, you look at the asset allocation and maybe your allocation towards stocks is greater than your allocation toward bonds while you're younger. And then as you get older, you, you reallocate to something more the opposite, you know, maybe more towards bonds and less towards stocks. And you're diversified the whole time. But some people might mistake, hey, as long as I'm diversified, I'm always going to be okay. It's always the best strategy. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, sometimes there, there's diversification outside of just stocks and bonds. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we'll definitely talk about during uh, today's show. All right. So what is diversification? If you had to sum it up in a nutshell for me. Right. Diversification is a risk management. It's all about risk management. It's a strategy that mixes a wide variety of investments within a portfolio. 
So it takes different asset classes. So we're talking about, when we're talking about diversification, the, the, one of the main things to know is we're talking about marketable securities, mm-hmm. things that you can buy, you know, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, things that you can buy over a, in a brokerage account, like a Fidelity or a Vanguard or a Schwab or something like this. And it's made up of, of you know, a multitude, a, you know, a various mix of asset classes. So we talk about asset classes, we're talking about stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, you know, things like that. So all of these different asset classes have different risk factors. All of them perform differently in different markets. And so when we're talking mm-hmm. about diversification. It's just saying in essence, to put it in layman's terms, not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. It literally means to spread it around. So when we diversify, you want to spread the risk around. All right. And it, and, and I would look at this, you know, as a, you know, a long-term strategy, you know, diversification is valuable um, when you're looking at investments that are long-term. And what I mean by that, so, so let's say, what is short-term? Someone, hey, someone needs this money within one year or two years. Well, we may not be as diversified as you want. We may be 100% in cash. We may be 100% in bonds. We may be something in very low risk because it's a short-term investment. Mm-hmm. But the longer term the investment horizon the more valuable being diversified is. And so, you know, when we look at diversification, you know, one way to diversify, and there's a lot of different ways to diversify an investment account. One way is like I just said, different asset classes. Stocks, you know, are more, you know, prone to, um, you know, inflation risk. Stocks are more, you know, prone to all kinds of things that go on, you know, in the economy and, and GDP and, and, and growth rates and tax rates and so forth. Bonds are more subject to, you know, interest rate risk, you know, fixed rate investments. And so they have different correlations to what's going on in the market. And so one key factor of diversification is making sure that your investment portfolio contains not only just different asset classes, but also asset classes that react differently to different economic environments which is just a fancy, the fancy term for that is correlation. You want to make sure that you have assets in your portfolio that are, you know, have low correlation that don't correlate with one another. Mm. So maybe if interest rates are going up, you know, the value of your bonds may go down, but maybe stocks are going up. Got it. And if interest rates are going down, you know, maybe the value of your bonds is going up, but the stocks are so low correlation between the asset classes. What you don't want is a portfolio of, let's say, five different mutual funds, all made up of large cap stocks. So someone might say, okay, I'm diversified. I own five different mutual funds. But actually, when we look at those five different mutual funds, all five of them have one asset category. Mm -hmm. It's all stocks and it's all the same size. And so therefore, however the market moves, all five of these funds all move in the same direction. Mm. That is not diversification. So diversification is having different asset classes. So in other words, in a portfolio, in a normal long-term portfolio, you should definitely have, you know, stocks and bonds and probably, you know, real estate and commodities inside of that portfolio. But then there's also diversification of size. So I might say, hey, you know, let's just use a balanced portfolio, 50%, you know, stocks, 50% bonds and, uh, you know, real estate and commodities, you know, mixed in there. Of my 50% that's in stocks, you know, that's great. But now I can diversify the stock portion. I can diversify this between location. So I might have U.S. stocks and I might have international stocks. Same thing with my bond portfolio. I might split Mm. my bond portfolio between international bonds and U.S. bonds. 
So there's diversification of location. Then there's also diversification of size. So I might say in my U.S. stock portion, I want large cap stocks. I want medium-sized companies and I want small companies. In my international portion, I want large international and I want small. I want emerging markets. Same thing in my bond portion. I have some U.S. bonds. I have some, you know, international bonds. So in there, we might not be looking at size, but we might be looking at duration. I may want some short-term bonds that are, you know, coming due in one to three years. I might want some intermediate-term bonds that are coming due in four to six years. I might want some long-term bonds. And so you can see how all of a sudden you can start getting, you know, what very diversified. So diversification is, is, is a mix of different asset classes, number one. Within those asset classes, different geographic locations. Within those different geographic locations, different sizes, if it's, we're talking about stocks, but different durations mm. if we're talking about, about bonds. And so that's why you can see ultimately when you have a diversified portfolio, you might end up with somewhere between maybe 10 and 15 different holdings. So you might have a U.S. large cap stock holding. You might have a U.S. mid cap stock. You might have a U.S. small cap. You might have an international large. You might have an international small. You might have, you know, U.S. bonds. And in the U.S. bonds, some of them may be, you know, long-term bonds, short-term bonds, intermediate-term bonds, you know, the internet and so forth. So then you take all these different asset classes, you give each of them a weighting, you know, you, you might do 20% in U.S. large cap stocks, mm -hmm. but only 5% in international, you know, emerging market bonds or something like this. And that's where correlation comes in. So diversification is choosing all these different asset classes, different locations, different sizes, different durations. And then correlation says, okay, what percentage should I assign to each one of these categories? And by the way, what I'm saying is, you know, technical in one sense, but in the other sense, this is why it is important to talk to an advisor. We talked about this before, someone you can trust. And this is, by the way, I just want to throw this out here. This is the way everyone should be making their investment decisions. And what I mean by that is most people make their investment decisions by looking at, you know, Morningstar ratings. Hey, this one has a five-star rating. That means it's good. I should put this in my portfolio. Uh, or they'll look at Lipra averages. They start looking at magazines. Guess what? Where the, the place you probably should not go to for financial advice is an advertisement yeah. <laughs> in a money magazine. Yeah. And I say that in reality is that's what a lot of people do. Think about it. This is a fund family that's advertising a specific fund that may have had a specific, you know what I mean? A decent rate of return or a decent run at something. It doesn't mean it's a bad fund, but just because it's being advertised and trying to sell this to you doesn't mean it should fit in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. So ultimately most people just go out and they find the funds they like and put it in their portfolio. We say, go the opposite way. First build your diversification you know, your pie chart, then find the fund or the ETF that fits that portion and stick it in there. Yeah. And so it's the exact opposite order that most people take, but that ultimately, I know that's a, kind of a, a wordy explanation, but that's what diversification is in the true sense. And it's very important because what does diversification do? It minimizes risk. And, and, and I want to make sure I emphasize this point. It doesn't eliminate risk. There's still risk in a diversified portfolio. It just minimizes it. What that means is if you have 10 different holdings, 10 different specific different, you know, pieces of the pie, each one of those 10 should respond in different ways to different markets. 
And in reality, what happens is all 10 of those pieces of the pie tends to have positive returns over five-year periods of times or longer. So you hold all the pieces of the pie for five-year periods of times or longer. And that's how you end up with positive returns long-term. Yeah, well, what I just heard, Stephen, is you eliminated that last excuse from the last podcast, I can do this myself. That's right. <laughs> right. That, I mean, it's exactly. so complicated because there's so right. many different options. I mean, yes. I know that you you make it very simple for your clients when you sit down and you you can show them this. On, yeah. on a podcast, it's very difficult to, right. to imagine all these different possibilities, yes. all the different things that you listed to help with that diversification. Yep. And again, I just don't have the time or the knowledge right. to do all this research. I mean, that that's yep. the whole thing is that that's why I want to trust a professional to do that for mm-hmm. me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, my, my next question is, what if I have a couple professionals that I know personally? And mm-hmm. and what if I give, you know, one of my buddies, for instance, is a, is yeah. a financial advisor. He's a good guy. Uh, what if I put some of my money with him so he can kind of right. diversify me over on his side? And then I, I talk to you and I put some of my funds with you. And then I've got, you know, this mm-hmm. over here. How does that work? I mean, is, is that a good idea <laughs> or not? Well, that's a good question, and, and, and I think that's one of the things that some people believe that they should do. In other words, I should be diversified, therefore I'm going to leave some money in, uh, you know, with this advisor, I'm going to put some money with this advisor, I'm going to leave some in my 401k, I'm going to leave some, and they think, okay, this is good, this this is what it means to be diversified, I'm spreading it out. Well, yeah. in reality, what you're doing also is spreading out your, you know, the, the advice that you're getting. And, and I would just say that you, you, there's no, you can be diversified in one account. So diversification is not having different advisors. Diversification is not having different investment accounts. You could and probably should, and I'm saying this in the general sense, not, you know, not talking to you specifically, Eric, hmm. but you know, to the audience, people should consolidate their investment accounts as much as possible. For example, you know, some people say, yeah, I have five different IRAs. I opened up an IRA at Fidelity, one at Schwab, one at, and, you know, so therefore I'm diversified. Well, no, that's not what diversification is. Mm. You could take all five of those IRAs, consolidate it into one, and you'd be better off. And in that one account, <laughs> be diversified. I, I would definitely make the case that the more you're spread out between different types of custodians or advisors, you know, the less profitable that is. And, and for example, you know, for me as a financial advisor, and I'm actually, you know, a certified financial planner, I have a very difficult time if someone says, well, I want you, you know, here's $100,000 or whatever the case may be, I want you to invest this money. I have my other invest money invested somewhere else. Well, as a fiduciary, that is almost impossible for me to do. Mm. Okay, because there's a lot of questions I have to ask about this particular amount of money in relation to what you're doing with the rest of your money. What is this for? You know what I mean? You know, yeah, is this yeah. for income? Is this for? I mean, so there's. Just, I, I just don't do it as a general rule. If someone says, "Here, I'm just going to give you a portion of this, and let's see how you do," well, that that's not what we do. You know what I mean? The, the way to get the best advice you can get is to make sure someone's looking at all your assets, making sure all of them are working together. Um, otherwise, you're getting, you know, advice, just you're getting advice on only one piece of, uh, of the pie. And, and that's really probably not the best thing going forward. You want to make sure your entire plan, all of your assets are doing what you need them to do. And so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people do that. They leave money spread out different places, different advisors, and think this is good and I'm, I'm, I'm being diversified this way. Well, when we're talking about diversification and spreading the risk, we're talking about within an investment account. 
you yeah. can get all the diversification risk management that you need inside there. And so having different advisors is not diversification. Sometimes just having a bunch of different mutual funds. So a lot of times we'll look at people's accounts and, uh, you know, they, they mistake diversification for owning a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, really a lot of times where we see this is, and maybe in someone's 401k, you know, one of the biggest problems with a 401k plan at work is that, you know, the investors, the employees tend to be on their own when it comes to the investment selection. And so a lot of times what happens when people are on their own when it comes to investment selection is they're just looking at the list and finding out which companies have the best returns of the last five years. And more times than not, the companies that had the best returns are all in the very same asset class. Mm -hmm. And so you may choose those five funds and say, look, I'm diversified. I have a T. Rowe Price, I have a Vanguard, I have Fidelity, I've got Schwab, and I've got, you know, Voya or something. So therefore, I'm diversified. Well, no, if you look at each one of those funds, if we analyzed internally, guess what we find out a lot of times is that there's so much overlap between the holdings in these funds that every one of them own the same exact stocks. Yeah. And so therefore you have this false assurance that you're diversified because look, I have five or six or seven different names of different funds. Therefore I'm diversified, but in actuality you're not because every one of those funds owns the same exact holdings. <laughs> so that is not diversification. So you can't just assume that, Hey, I have different advisors or different accounts and therefore, you know, I'm diversified. One, one thing I would like to throw out there when, since I brought up 401ks, most people in their 401k plans now have the option of choosing your own, you know, funds and including a target date retirement fund. One thing I'd like the audience to understand is that a target date retirement fund is an asset allocation model, which just means that, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to manage risk. The older you get or the closer you get to that retirement date, the portfolio is going to get less risky. And it's also already a diversified portfolio by itself. So therefore, I always tell my clients and I tell everybody that in, in your 401k, you should either choose 100% of your money in the target date retirement fund or choose your own allocations. And what I mean by that is sometimes people will choose, hey, I'm going to put 25% in the target date retirement fund and the other 75. Well, no, I mean, you don't need to do that. Either you diversify the portfolio yourself by choosing these other funds or the target date retirement fund by itself is already a fund of funds. Got it. There's a bunch of different mutual funds in there, a bunch of different asset classes in there. It's designed by nature to be a diversified portfolio. And so either do hundred percent that or choose your own. And just, so I just think that's important to, to understand that, to know that, to look at that and that it's already, and it looks like it's not diversified. Hey, I put hundred percent of money in one fund. Well, you didn't, you put hundred percent of your money in one strategy in the target date retirement fund is a bunch of different funds inside there. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so again, it's just talking about what diversification is and what it isn't. And a lot of times I see, I just, cause I think a lot of companies now they, they automatically default people into going into the target date retirement fund. And then sometimes clients will choose other options. And I look at their report, you know, the 401k mix and some portions in the target date retirement fund and some are all these other funds. And we have to have this conversation. It's either or. It's either 100% target date or choose your own. Mm -hmm. You don't need both. And so, you know, the other thing, too, I just want to bring up just on, on the topic of diversification, because what you and I are talking about, Eric, today is what we all understand to be diversification. That is managing risk, spreading out the risk between different asset classes, sizes, locations. But ultimately, diversification goes beyond just investment selection. And it, it actually goes into a couple different areas. And one is income. 
you know, when you get to retirement, I think one of the best things you can do is have, you know, multiple sources of income or, mm -hmm. or income from various sources. So income diversification means, hey, I'm going to get some of my money from, you know, uh, the, the bank, let's say I'm going to get some of my money from an insurance product like an annuity. I'm going to get some of my money maybe from a, you know, portfolio, a dividends or interest from bonds. I'm going to get some of my uh, income from, you know, part-time employment. So all these things, when it comes to retirement income, it's also important to be diversified. And this is important because a lot of people are still counting on the stock market. They leave 100% of their assets in the stock market, and they're going to try to draw 100% of their income from the stock market portfolio or withdrawals. And I think that's dangerous to do. So I think it's important to have, you know, different baskets, if you want, if you want to call them that, or different sources of income to in retirement, be diversified that way. That way, if one source is performing well, maybe the other source isn't and vice versa. And over time, you, you diversify, you minimize your risk of the income you need in retirement. Yeah. And, you know, another one is, you know, taxes. I think it's important to make sure you're diversified when it comes to taxes. Uh, so you may want to draw income from some of your investments in retirement from, you know, taxable accounts. Some of your income is going to come from non-qualified accounts where you're only paying tax on the earnings. And maybe some of your income can come from, you know, Roth IRAs and things that are tax-free. So diversification is very broad. So it's important. It, it goes beyond just asset allocation. It goes beyond just investment portfolios. It goes into even income strategies like we just talked about and also different tax strategies. You want to be diversified and not, for example, you, you don't want to get to retirement necessarily and have 100% of your assets all in you know, tax deferred or pre-tax accounts. Because mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you've got a major risk and that is tax risk. At any point yeah. in time, you know, the government can decide how much of that they're going to take. And so it's important to diversify, spread out the risk between different types of tax accounts, different strategies for income, including the investments. Yeah, and I, I don't want to move past that because I, I yeah. never thought of diversification when it came to taxes. And I think mm -hmm. right now, most people are, are very aware uh, that 2020, you know, I, I believe the government spent an extra seven trillion dollars mm -hmm. that they had not planned to before. Uh, they're going to want that money back, <laughs> right? right. One way or another, they're going to want right. it back. It wasn't a gift, and yes. it's got to come back to them in in some form or another. And until somebody right. steps up and writes that big check, they're going to be looking to us, and that that means taxes. I, I believe that taxes are going to increase. I think most people believe that. Um, and mm -hmm. so, man, that, that is a huge point that you made. Uh, I just never thought of nice. diversification as far as taxes. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely right. something to think about. And one other area we can even talk about, you know, there's the, uh, the investment accounts, there's taxes being diversified, there's income sources being diversified. There's also fees, you know, may, maybe some of your money, you know, mm. should, you should pay a 1% fee for it. Maybe some money should be paying a fee for, it. you know what I mean? You know, different, there's all kinds of different ways to minimize your risk. And, and again, none of it eliminates it totally, but some, you know, it's just all about minimizing it. But it's also about maximizing the long-term results. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to get to. You know, that's what diversification ultimately does. Normalizes or stabilizes the return long-term. Generally speaking, it gives you higher rates of return long-term and gives you less risk. And that is the goal. That is the goal of the growth bucket. That's a grow, the goal of all long-term investing. That is to take the least amount of risk for the rate of return you're trying to get. Mm -hmm. 
And there's a technical term for that, and that's called standard deviation. And so you want your standard deviation to be as low as possible for the return you're trying to get. And how do you lower standard deviation in a portfolio? Diversification. Got it, yeah. Spread hmm. out the risk. All right. You know, and again, and it's important to make sure, you know, if we go back to the beginning, and that is we are, it is important to have a philosophy, you know what I mean, in how your money's invested. So, for example, mm-hmm. we have three different buckets. There's a liquid bucket, and maybe in the liquid bucket, we're not as concerned about diversification. It all can be in the bank. It all can be in very, you know, low-risk investments. You have an income bucket. You know, that could, that could be diversified. But then when you get to the growth bucket, that's where diversification becomes extremely important. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in the accumulation phase of investing, you want the least amount of risk for the rate of return you're trying to get long-term. And one of the downsides, I, I want to throw this out here. You, you know, I know we're getting ready to close in a minute, but one of the downsides to, you know, diversification is, is short-term returns. And this is where it's difficult sometimes. Sometimes in the short term, you know, let's just say that, you know, international stocks, you know, have a, you know, take off and they go wild. And all of a sudden now when you have a diversified portfolio and, and, and international stocks one year have returned of, you know, 10%, whereas U.S. stocks have returned of 5%, some might look at that and say, oh, man, I should not have been diversified. <laughs> I should have been 100%, you know, international stocks. I would have done way better. Mm-hmm. We see it more the opposite, where the S and P 500, the Dow Jones, are the ones that everyone hears about every day. Those are all U.S. large stocks. So someone might say, "Hey, man, the, the Dow Jones was up this year 10 percent, or the S P was up 10 percent, but my diversified portfolio was only up 8 mm-hmm. percent. I shouldn't have been diversified." Well, no, you know what I mean. You, you so in the short term, a lot of times diversified portfolio underperforms. This is extremely important, but longer time that you hold on to that portfolio, the more you realize that that diversified portfolio actually outperforms that one asset class, like for example, the SP 500, the Dow Jones. So maybe in the years that the S&P and the Dow are down, your bonds are doing better and your international is doing better. So over time, it stabilizes the return, tends to outperform individual asset classes over time. And the entire time you took on less risk, which is why in order to have a diversified portfolio that works, you have to have a portfolio that you have time to let it work. And in our opinion, it's five years or longer. Very Got important. It. Yeah. It, again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. <laughs> which I don't even want to say that phrase anymore. Hindsight is twenty twenty because of the numbers 2020, you know, it kind of yeah, ruined it. Right? right. But I mean, yes. that's, that's the thing is that, you know, everybody can say, Oh man, I should have bought Microsoft the first year it came out. Well, okay, sure. Uh, but right. there's, a, there's a, for every Microsoft, there's another thousand companies that yes. people said, Oh, I should have bought them the first year they came out. Well, three years later, they're out of business. No, right, you shouldn't exactly. have, you know, so yep. it, it doesn't make any sense to, to use that as a, as a, as a way to, to view what right. you should have done. So, yes, absolutely. Very good point. And, you know, and one other thing I'll just introduce here, and we're going to talk about this in detail in, in a future podcast as well. And one other way to diversify, I'm going to throw it out there, is between companies that are trying to not just make a profit, but also trying to do good in the world mm-hmm. by ending human trafficking or by, you know, trying, you know, not to take advantage of labor markets in other yeah. countries. Uh, you know, not trying to profit from things that are uh, that are vices to people in America or that are addictive to people. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole school of investing called, uh, you know, faith-driven investing or biblically responsible investing or faith-based investing, which just basically takes a portfolio 
And, and I would just, under the term of diversification, further diversify it by saying, okay, now we're going to take a portfolio and we're going to eliminate some companies that are profiting from the sale of things that don't match with my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to remove those companies or I'm only going to include, here's the, here's the list of possible investments I can invest from. Out of those you know, possible investments, I want to choose the investment companies that are actually trying to, yes, make a profit, but also do good in society. Yeah. And that's, that's a world of investment called biblically responsible or faith-driven investing that we're very excited about, uh, that we can you know, help people you know, invest in. And we call those good returns. Those types of portfolios, mm-hmm. those types of products have good returns. And what we mean by that is not just the rate of return, but a rate of return that you can feel good about. Yeah. And so that's a further level of diversification, asset allocation that I'm just going to introduce here. Like we like to do a lot of times in these podcasts, introduce it here at the end of this one yeah. and uh, go into detail another podcast about that one. All right. That was a great teaser uh, for that. And, and you know, I love that subject. So you and I are going to talk about that quite a bit. Absolutely. And uh, boy, that's going to be fun. But before we do that, if people have questions and that you've piqued their interest, wait a second, I can actually invest in my own mm-hmm. values and I can use yep. my value, values to help guide me. And they want to reach out to you and your team and just kind of further that conversation and not have to wait for that next podcast. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about that. How do they reach out to you? See, what's the best way to get a hold of you or your team? The best way to reach us is through our website, which is wisewealth.com, W-I-S-E-W-E-A-L-T-H, wisewealth.com. There's a contact us section of the website, and certainly you can just leave a comment in there or you know request a meeting, and we're glad to talk to you more about uh, that topic. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Stephen, thank you again so much for your time today. It's great to be here. And my last prompt to you, audience, is this. When you go on the website... Also, check out the online course. They've got an online course, which is fantastic. There are so many resources. Stephen and his team do a fantastic job of, of promoting education, knowledge, and wisdom. And, and that I think all of us could spend a little bit more time getting a little bit wiser. I know that my wife tells me I could you really oh. use some help in that department every once in a while. So, uh, And I like to listen to her. She's, she's very smart. So, Again, audience, thank you so much for joining us and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WiseWealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.